Hello, and welcome to the seventh episode of Daybreak, the best place for you to get your weekly news and opinions. I'm your host, Pippa Schrader, and today we'll be shining a spotlight on listener Stella Bosley and what she's doing during this period. We will also interview Derek Lee, owner of Pizza Bruda, and learn more about his occupation. And, after the announcement break, a news tidbit on a lake of strange but stingless jellyfish. Now, let's get on with the show. This week, our spotlight with Stella Vosley, a 6th grader at Hamilton, and we learned what she's been doing to keep busy during this time. Stella says she's been drawing a lot, playing outside, and she even tried to roller skate. She would suggest to our listeners to try learning a new hobby, like baking, cooking, cooking, painting, or any other interesting new activities you can think of. Thanks, Stella! Wow, Stella, I kind of like the idea about cooking. Maybe I could try and make some pizza. Well, you know, we do have a guest on the show this week to teach me a little bit more about his kinds of pizza that he makes and his restaurant called Pizza Bruda. And his name is Derek Lee. Hi, Derek. Hi, Pippa. How you doing? Pretty good. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Awesome. So, Derek, how has yeah. your business changed during this time? Has business sped up or has it slowed down? Well, overall, during uh, this crisis, business has gone down. Um, the way that the business has changed is it's all takeout now. So there's no mm-hmm. dine-in service. And so we've basically, we have an assembly line where we make your pizza, you come in, and obviously you order online um, or you order over the phone, and then you pick it up uh, and go go to your home and eat it rather than eating it at Pizza Bruda. So we went from maybe 25% of our business mm-hmm. being takeout to 100%. So wow. it's pretty dramatic. Yeah. Are there any other things you're offering to help your business get through this, like another service? Yeah, we uh, launched a, a, a bread program, um, which, uh, as maybe you've noticed online, everybody seems to be making bread at home. Yeah. And so we kind of felt the same same way. And so since our home is Pizza Bruta, um, we started making uh, bread, sourdough uh, bread for people, and it's it's been very popular. You can add it to any order. Mm, that sounds delicious. So what inspired you to become a pizza restaurant owner in the first place? You know, I had I like to think about um, our work uh, as mm. a vocation, which is or, or a calling, which is kind of a higher notion of what uh, a career might be. Mm. And so I had a calling, I'll say, um, to make pizza. Um, I when I was I used to work at Organic Valley, and I was in sales and marketing, and I traveled the whole country, and wow. I'd always find myself uh, trying to find the best wood-fired pizzeria in whatever market I was in. And so I think that um, it was just something that I was interested in, and then I moved toward it, and then it kind of moved toward me, and then I ended up quitting my job, um, a very good job, and starting Pizza Bruda. Wow. So, I mean, as an entrepreneur, that must have that must have been quite, you know, I guess thrilling, but also thrilling is probably the best word because it's exciting, but it's also kind of scary, right? Yeah, no, I uh, left a, a very good job, and, and my wife 
Darcy, she was pregnant with Gabriel, our first son. And um, so, and we bet all of our savings, our entire savings on this idea. So, and then it was 2008, which was another crisis, the financial crisis. And so we uh, we started our business in uh, in the financial crisis of 08. So it was it was kind of terrifying, thrilling, all of those things mixed together. Yeah, yeah. So, um, how long did it take for your business after you started it to become successful? Well, um, actually, we were successful the first year, if you mean uh, whether we turned a profit or not. So, yeah. uh, right out of the gate, um, it seemed to be something that was going to work mm -hmm. um, in in the location. So, uh, relatively quickly, we knew that this, this was going to work. So, probably 12 months. Yeah, where did you open the first pizza burrito? Uh, we opened in 2007, late 2007 in November, and then... Um, and in 2007 and so it's been about 13 years wow so like when you started it what was the pizza you started with and like what's your favorite pizza now to make you know i have like a uh, a uh, bunch of favorites i would say that the red my red favorite might be the marinara um mm. and um or probably the diavola um and then my uh, white favorite would definitely be the prosciutto arugula, especially when arugula is season, in season at the farmer's market. Mm. And, um, and, and then, uh, yeah, so those are my two favorite pizzas. So you guys get all your stuff locally, or is it a mix of both, like local? It's a that? mix of both. You know, you can't get fresh arugula in the winter, yeah. although they're starting to do a lot of really interesting um, kind of – uh, projects where they're doing aquaponics and things like that now yeah. um you know so that's kind of changing too but we get a lot of local things during the season and then you know some of our other stuff does come from out of state so it's a mix of regional and local agriculture hmm. cool so as a father how do you balance work and being with your family yeah it's very hard as an entrepreneur to do that yeah. um yeah you know uh you know, I would probably say that, um, you know, I've, I've definitely struggled with that life balance. Uh, you know, for a long time, my sons would just call me mom. So you can see that I was very absent for uh, a number of years even. Uh, and so it takes a lot of sacrifice to do this. You know, it's not a 40 hour gig. It's not weekends off. It's, it's kind of every, it's kind of full on lifestyle. But I grew up in a in an entrepreneurial family, and so I knew what I was getting into. But it still puts a lot of stress on your family. There's no doubt. Yeah. How? What? In what way was your family entrepreneurial? Did you guys um, like what kind of business did you start? Or they started? Um, my dad uh, built a manufacturing in uh, North Dakota, and my um, and then his grand my grandfather was a was a farmer. Wow. So. Yeah, that's, that's, that can be very stressful to be an entrepreneur, especially with your family. Um, so how yeah. has persistence played a role in your business? Well, I think it's really an important characteristic of, of, of anything, especially for an entrepreneur. Um, I think that, uh, you know, you've got to be, you've got to work at something, you know, what is it, the rule, 10,000 hours before mm. you really understand mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, yesterday I was golfing with Gabriel and he had a terrible front nine and I told him that, you know, he wouldn't get anywhere with golf if he didn't, he, he wanted to quit instead of play another nine holes. 
And uh, so I told him, hey, Gabe, you know, when, when we face problems in life, like at Pizza Bruta, if we're not persistent at getting better, uh, mm. we'll never get mm. better. And so I, you know, I think persistence is a huge quality, not only just as an entrepreneur, but also in, in anything that you want to do. It's, it's, a, it's a very good tool in the toolbox. Mm. Yeah. What is the process of hiring people to work at your different locations? Um, well, we definitely, you know, put ads out. Um, mm -hmm. we, we put things on the door. Um, you know, we definitely look for people with experience, but we hire people also who have demonstrated good character and maybe are very active in, you know, nonprofits or uh, very active in volunteer work or things like that. Um, we definitely look for people who are extremely, uh, you know, who can work with others, who are affable, who are likable, who are, um, you know, in good spirits. So, mm -hmm. you know, those are kind of the things we look for, but we, you know, we, we also pull from people that are already working at Pizza Bruto. We kind of, we tend to find that people uh, have friends that are also good candidates. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what is the best thing about owning a small business? Um, I think the best thing is, um, certainly like the satisfaction, you know, when I worked for somebody else, um, I never, you know, there were, there were days where I didn't feel it, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, yeah. and, and my commitment level didn't seem to be as, as high, but there's nothing like the satisfaction of having dreamed something, uh, made sacrifices and an investment to make it come to fruition and then seeing the end product. Uh, so one of the things I think that is, is a word that we don't use much in culture about work is satisfaction. So I think it's just, it's great to see like uh, our crew working really, really well on a Friday night. You know, you've trained everybody correctly, the food's coming out right, and um, you know, all the aces are in their places and it's a thing of beauty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, did you ever travel anywhere that helped you get inspiration for pizza and maybe some new things that you're developing? Yeah, I uh, traveled in uh, all throughout the country. Wow. Um, I got trained by an Italian in Los Angeles on oh. how to make pizza according to the Verace Pizza Napolitana, the VPN, which is uh, uh, a denomination of a controlled origin. They're trying to teach us how to make pizza the original way it was invented in Naples in mm. the 1800s. Mm -hmm. So I learned how to do that, and I got certified that way. And then I did go to Italy, and I did... Uh, meet the VPN contingent over there and go to different restaurants and try to pick up a few uh, pointers. So I've traveled throughout Italy and that was a really good experience. Wow, yeah. So tell me a bit more about Naples and the pizza that they originated there. What is the process to make that kind of pizza? So it's a very simple pizza. It's um, four ingredients in the dough. Mm. Uh, basically, it's the Neapolitan pizza could be described as a study in restraint. In other words, um, very few ingredients, um, minimal toppings, and what we're trying to sort of kind of ferret out of that is, you know, flavor, uh, not overpowering your palate so you yeah. can taste yeah. every individual ingredient. Um, Neapolitan pizza is, is, the, is really, it's made in a wood-fired oven. Um, it has to be made in, it has to be used a certain dough, um, a certain flour that's milled a certain way. So the idea is, is that, you know, pizza, pizza um, from that region 
it's really fresh. It's really fast. It's kind of got an urban vibe. Um, and uh, I just think it's really uh, flavorful and the best out of the oven. Hmm. Yeah. So you put it, how does the oven that you use work? I've been to your restaurant before and it sort of looks like um, a very big, I don't know, I wouldn't say cave, but a very yeah. sort of like a no, little... No, that's the word, yeah. the actual word that you'd want to use would be hearth. Hearth, right? okay. It's yeah. a hearth, so which means, that means like a stone cave mm-hmm. that's got a fire in it. So we build a fire on one side and we keep feeding that fire and we cook alongside that fire. Oh. Um, and that's how that's how it works. And that heats the deck, but it also creates, if you've ever used broil on your oven, which is the heat from the top down, mm-hmm. it creates the heat. The flame hits the dome and it comes down and, and cooks the pizza up on, on top. So that's kind of how that works. Oh, okay. So yeah. um, would you recommend this job for other people who are interested in maybe entrepreneurship and starting a small business that has to do with food? Well, you know, it's a great question. You know, we're at a time right now where retail businesses, bricks and mortar businesses are really under fire, are really under attack, um, are really struggling in this economy. So I don't know that right now, given the crisis we're all under, I'd be out there mm. recommending, mm. you know, uh, people to get into bricks and mortar. You know, you got Amazon that's delivering all of your goods right to your yeah. door. Um, you know, I I think that though that if I recommend um, small business, I think small business is, you know, for me, a lot of people look at business in this country, Pippa, and they say, you know, they look down at it or they're critical of it, right? I'm sure you hear your parents or other parents in the neighborhood being critical of business. Yeah. And yeah. rightfully so. There's some mm. things that happen with the environment and whatnot. But I just think that, that that business, small businesses where ideas can come into the world. And I think that that's really exciting. Like, like what if you had an idea, Pippa, to, to start something? Yeah. What if you had an idea that uh, was really burning in you? Well, small business is where you can you can make that happen and bring something into the world that, that the world has never had. So I find business to me is very exciting. It's it's like it's like wild. There's yeah, no wildness yeah. in the world hardly anymore. Everything's so contrived. Yeah. But yeah. but but like running a business is like, I mean, you don't know what's gonna happen. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <It's an> adventure. <laughs> that is that is such an amazing way to look at it. I mean, sometimes yeah. I don't know. I wish I could start a small business. Um, I know my parents do. I know a lot of people do. But then it it takes people like you just to sort of take the leap after doing research and feeling really committed to your subject. So yeah, yeah, that's a really great way to think about it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you have to do your homework, right? Mm. You have to know kind of what you're getting into if you're going to start a business. Yes. Um, but there's also like this point where you have to kind of launch into the unknown. And mm. I think one of the great kind of moments in, in being being an entrepreneur is to solve problems and to find solutions and uh, trusting yourself. So, I mean, I think that's that's critical and that's the that's the buzz that's the fun part Mm, yeah so this is very this is a very deep question i sort of saved it for last well not quite last but um what is your definition 
of success? Hmm. Well, I think that, uh, you know, there's, there's like a cultural definition probably, right. That, Mm. that exists out there. There's our definition. I mean, I think that you can't get away from, you know, if you have like a goal that you want to reach, there's that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so reaching a goal maybe that you have, or, I mean, there's, there's also, there's financial success that's important because you have to put food on the table and, you know, your ideas need to become things. So there's this poet, William Carlos Williams, he's an American poet. Mm-hmm. And it, one of his stances in one of his poems is no ideas, but in things. And mm-hmm. I always love that because, you know, I'm a kind of a practical guy I'm from North Dakota farm family, you know, manufacturing family, kind of practical people. So I always think that our ideas have to inhabit the world. They have to sort of, you know how like your mom maybe said that's where the rubber meets the road or something? Hmm. Ever heard that saying before? No, but I've heard things sort of similar to it. Yeah. Yeah, so the whole idea is, is like our ideas have to sort of eventually become live in the world or else they're maybe mm. maybe they're not I'm not gonna say they're worthless but I'm I'm gonna say that the job of the entrepreneur is to take an idea and make it a thing. And so success, I mean I, I think that's up to you what you want to define it as. Mm-hmm. I mean I would say there's a lot of ways to define success and that it shouldn't be limited just to financial success. Yes. It should be, it should be, it could be social success. It could be a whole, a whole different definition of what that means. But I think that, I think what we're striving for as entrepreneurs is to have our ideas come to fruition. And, you know, sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Yes. (laughs) Sometimes you fail and Mm -hmm. then you need to learn how to fail better. Mm. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess that's my definition. My def- I don't have a clear definition of success. I think it's success really is in the, it's almost in the eye of the beholder. I mean, what is it? Uh, there's another philosopher that you'll read about probably when you go to college. His name was Friedrich Nietzsche. Mm-hmm. He wrote, a, he wrote a, a bunch of really important books. One is Beyond Good and Evil. Anyway, and one of his ideas was that we should do our work that we do in this life should be for the stars. And what he meant was that maybe we won't even be understood in our time. You know, there were a lot of people like that, uh, like Copernicus, right? Mm-hmm. The Copernican revolution. He, 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 he kind of discovered that the earth moved, that all the planets move around the sun. Yeah. And then they, they burned him at the stake for that. They literally set him on fire. We're discovering that. <laughs> so you can imagine how, how far we've come that at least our ideas today, you're not going to be burned at the stake. But my yes. point is, is that, you know, maybe our work, some work isn't going to get valued now, but that doesn't make yeah. it not a success. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. 
I actually left that set in on me for a second. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's a little deep. I'm oh, a, I no, get a little weird. Do not. You know, like, you know uh, when I get my hands in the dough and stuff, I get, uh, I get kind of spiritual. Yeah. Do not apologize for being deep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, as a sort of a final question, you mentioned about. Does pizza, is pizza making for you sort of meditative as you were talking about getting your hands in the dough? Is that, is that sort of, I wouldn't say spiritual. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but you know, is it sort of meditative in a, in its own way? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, uh, I think that, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, I, I had a good education. I was lucky I had a good education. And so the Latin root for hand is ma, but it also means wing. And so I like this idea that if you don't work with your hands, you can't fly, which I know is, you know, you got to think about that for a second. But yeah. <laughs> if, if in Latin, the word for hand, ma, or in Spanish would be mano. I don't know if you're taking Spanish, but yeah, I, in, in no. Spanish, hand is mano, right? Mm -hmm. But it also in Latin means wing. So the whole idea, I like this idea that if you don't work with your hands, you can't fly. Hmm. Maybe that's one of mine, but anyway, so for me, working with my hands, you know, it's, thera it's therapeutic, it helps me, you know, when I make a pizza and I, and I, I shape it, it's, it's almost like I'm shaping something that I want you to receive. Mm. And and I it's it's something I'm making for you. I think I think when you think about pizza, I think you need to think about restaurants. You want to think about hospitality. Well, hospitality is something that's done for you, right? Mm -hmm. Like to be hospitable. When you invite some of your friends over, right? Yeah. Isn't it fun to make something for them? Yes. Right, mm -hmm. or have something there for them, or just yeah. be prepared for them to come. Yeah. To be to receive them fully, right? Like mm. I invited you over mm -hmm. to my house, right? Yeah. So that's the idea. I always tell everybody at Pizza Brut, I say to the employees, I say, remember, Pizza Brut is our home, and we're inviting all these people that come in to our house. So how would you treat people that you invited over? Well, you you might make them some Rice Krispie bars, or you might, you know what I mean? You might, mm, you want to make, you want to uh, be hospitable. And um, when I was a kid, I went to a boarding school. I went to a Catholic boarding school, and I it was it was a, a bunch of uh, monks taught me my last two years of high school and uh they were benedictine monks mm -hmm. and their benedictine monks are known their whole vibe their whole their whole ethos is uh, hospitality and so yes. you know it's about making people feel comforted it's nourishing and and so yeah there's a there's a spiritual aspect to it mm -hmm. Yeah. Even though it's just a pizza that might show up in your, at your, you know, in a box that you yeah. need to reheat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for letting me interview today. Um, I'm a big Absolutely. fan of Pizza Brita. I love the pizza margarita. It's like my favorite. But how oh, can thanks. people, um, what, what stores and how, like, what are the hours and how can people get pizza from you easily? So we are still open on Monroe Street despite, you know, the ongoing COVID-19 crisis. Yes. We're open 11 to 8. 
Awesome. Uh, every single day. So mm. let us know. And you can also get our bread. So yeah, uh, we're we're here for you during this crisis when you get tired of uh, making your own food. Just give it to Jenny. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, thank you so much, Derek, for letting me interview you today. Oh, no, I'm very, it was very fun talking with you, Pippi. You had great, it was fun having a conversation. Yeah. I really, I really enjoyed it. Yes. Bye. Ciao. Thanks again to Derek Lee for letting me interview him today. And now it's time for the break. See you soon. Support for this show comes from DNM Graphic Novel Library. DNM Graphic Novel Library is a library subscription service for kids, teens, and maybe even adults too who love graphic novels. This is going to be a summer subscription service that costs $7 a month and will be graphic novels delivered to your door every single week. Sounds pretty cool. Make sure to wait for details on this show. So stay tuned. Thanks, and now back to the show. Hi, and welcome back to Daybreak. Did you know that there's a lake where jellyfish have evolved so their stingers are weak? Where these jellyfish will just float and let you pass them by because they have no natural predators that can even get into their lake. Well, this place is no myth. The lake is enclosed by or the lake is enclosed just off the beach by an ancient island called in Palu called Ilemu. It's connected to the surrounding ocean by ancient coral reefs and tunnels that no animal could get in or out of. So millions of golden and moon jellies are all trapped in the same lake and have been since they got in about twelve thousand years ago. It's like social distancing of a big family of millions, but to extremes. The thing is, though. Divers coming to see the stingless jellyfish must be careful of the bottom of the lake. It has no oxygen and harbors high levels of hydrogen sulfate, a deadly chemical even for humans. But if you stay at the top of the lake where the jellyfish live, you can watch them as they migrate across the lake, following the sun and the moon. This is a truly magnificent place where you can watch evolution at work and get the underwater view of a century, or maybe even the twelfth... The 12,000 years since this phenomenon has started. Hi, everybody. Pippa from Daybreak. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. And before you go, I have an important, important announcement. Next week, we are going to have a Facebook Live session. Yes, that means that you should bring all your questions and comments for our two guests, whose names are Haley Manley and she's an occupational therapist, and Dr. Toby Campbell, who is a doctor. Um, <laughs> and I want you guys to be able to answer all the, or ask all the questions that they can answer about coronavirus. So bring your friends, bring your family. I w- we want everyone to be able to know about this. It's, it's a two-way street, so they can get more, more interesting um, advice about COVID-19 out to the public while we can get more listeners so it would be it would be so great if you just tuned in and asked some questions and 
I'm sure they would appreciate it, and you would learn a lot more. <laughs> so that will be broadcast on the show next week if you're not able to make it, but it would be really great if you could ask some questions during the Facebook Live, and make sure to tell everyone you know about it. Okay, so now on to the shout-outs. I want to give a big shout-out to Bryn Campbell, who is our editor and who helped with the spotlight this week, and Stella, who was the spotlight this week. Um, also, a humongous shout-out to Derek Lee, who is the owner of Pizza Bruda, and all small business owners right now, um, because it's so hard, like me and Derek were talking about, to, to keep, keep it going, especially for restaurants, too, um, and other businesses, because they rely on mostly customers coming, and it's hard to ship stuff out. So make sure to support your small businesses in whatever way you can. Maybe that means purchasing from Pizza Bruda, which is a great way to support local business. Or maybe another shop you like, getting something from them if they um, service it or allow you to. Um, or find a creative way to support a business. Maybe just sending a little card to them saying, hey, it's okay, you can get through this. Or something sweet. Um, and just make sure that you support small businesses as we were talking about. So, um, that's it for my shout-outs, that's it for this episode. Wow, that seemed to go by so fast, and it was so, this is, this was really fun to record and talk about this week with Derek. So, um, thank you so much, have a really great day, and Pippa, signing off.